I'm Zach. And I'm Josh. And this is Lamp Stomp, a Pixar podcast. What's up, Josh? I am so excited for Finding Nemo. Dude, this movie is so it's good. Gonna be, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun fun one to talk about. So, but before we hop into it, so me as a person, I love going to like zoos, aquariums. But after this movie came out, I think that like my love for aquariums went from like a seven to a solid like thirty four. What about you? Do you do you like going to aquariums? I, I don't think I ever like went to one before this. So like this always, <laughs> this actually like comes to my mind when I go to them. Hunter and I yeah. went to one and it, it was like, kind of just like, oh, wow, this is what Nemo's like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I love going to, to aquariums. So why don't we just hop on in? We open up with Marlon and Carl, and they were house shopping, and Marlon got the pick of the lot. And they are super excited. Carl's like, man, this, this is probably too big, which is crazy because of the amount of babies that they're about to have. Like, no amount of space is enough for how many baby fish they're about to have. <laughs> Marlon is super excited. It's the best house that he could possibly find. And they're, they're looking at their wonderful view and they're like, it's going to be great because the kids are going to be able to have great views of the ocean and they'll be able to see all kinds of ocean things. And Marlon's like excited about all of the things of the ocean. And then all of a sudden something of the ocean shows up, something very scary of the ocean shows up. Yeah, not good. As a barracuda, right? I think that's what that was supposed to I be. I think yeah. it is. Either way, it's scary. doesn't matter what type of fish it is. <laughs> it's, it's a predator and it's scary. Marlon's like, I got to protect myself and my wife. And Carl's like, I got to protect my babies. And he's like, don't do it. You're going to die. They'll be fine. So Carl takes off. The Barracuda goes after her. Marlon tries to fight the Barracuda. He gets knocked out and he wakes up to one of the most tragic openings that any Pixar movie has. It is definitely the most tragic to this point. There's some that are more, yeah. that are more heart-wrenching, but this one, this one's really hard. And it hit me really hard this time. It is like up there with the people died. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like I know that the first one people will go to is up. It's up there with uh, up. Yeah. Like it is. It's it, you don't get the as much of the opening joy, but like the the heart wrenching is there. So when he wakes up, Marlin is uh, Carl is no longer there, and when he goes to check on the babies, there's none, and he's like happens to notice that there's one. There's just one. He's like, I'm going to do everything I can to protect you. Nothing bad will ever happen to you. He promises, which is the setup to the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. So it cuts this beautiful shot with amazing music of the ocean and it goes to finding Nemo and then it wakes up and it's the first day of school and Nemo is kind of grown up a little bit. He's not quite a baby, he's just kind of a little kid. 
excited for his first day of school. And Marlon's like okay with it. He's not wanting to, but he's like, I get it. Like I can't, like, gotta kind of move forward. It's kind of scary, but I'm, I'm I'm willing to let him go to school. They go to school, and he's like super protective the whole way there. But he's like he's like trying because he's trying to let him like move forward and grow up but he's doing it really carefully like way overly cautiously and then they get sent off and hit is the couple of the other parents are like man that you're so much braver than me and first time mine went to the drop-off I freaked out and he's like the drop-off they're going to the (laughs) drop-off and he freaks out and he's like why on earth would they get that's ridiculous and he takes off at the drop-off, Nemo has met a couple of friends. They kind of wander off away from the crowd, and they're all playing at the drop-off. And they're like, ooh, look, there's a boat. And they call it a butt, and it's a funny no, joke. No, it's a butt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go touch the butt. And they're like all like trying to see how far out they can go. And Nemo's like, my dad says that's not safe. I'm not doing that because he's, he's a good kid. He's a well-behaved little kid. And he wasn't about to go against his dad. But his dad sees him with a few kids who are definitely doing the wrong thing and he's like terrified that he's about to do the wrong thing that he's going to go swim out into open waters and i didn't mention it but nemo at the very beginning he's got this little little bitty helicopter fin lucky fin it's his lucky fin and it's and it's he's not a very good swimmer so his dad's terrified and i think that he actually is a fine swimmer and he's just being a helicopter parent but I think that's the whole point of the movie. So Marlon goes crazy, and Nemo's like, well, I wasn't about to, but after that, you know, forget you, I'm going to go touch the butt. Like, you can't stop me. And he swims all the way out to the boat, like way farther than anyone else did. And he touches it, and on his way back, he's like making his way back to where all the other fish are, and on his way back, this diver pops up and sees him swimming, trying to make it back to the group. And he takes him and he's like, I'm gonna go take this fish. And later we learned that the diver was doing it because he saw him like struggling to swim. And he's like, I'm gonna save his life. I'm not gonna let him die out here. Marlon just sees his get his son, the, the only thing he has in life get taken from him. And he's like, no. And then another, Another diver pops up and is like, oh, look, fish, and takes a picture of it and stuns him and he freaks out. And the music is amazing and perfect. And then the boat takes off. Marlon chases after the boat. And he, he can't quite keep up. And then he's like completely lost. He can't see the boat at all. And he's just asking. He's just like all lost. And he's asking for help. And he runs into Dory who's like, I've seen a boat. It went this way, just follow me. And they take off. Little does he know, Dory has short-term memory issues. And so 10 seconds into falling off the boat, she's like, the heck is this dude following me for? Get away from me, you creep. And then he explains it and they go off on this wonderful adventure and they begin their adventure of trying to find Nemo. Now, right as they kind of like, get things settled. They're like, oh, I I get it. You have short-term memory loss. Well, I'm going to help you. I'll stay with you. And they're kind of like taken off. They're in a very uncomfortable situation because they turn around (laughs) and there's a shark. There are just predators lurking in every corner of this ocean, ready to get Marlin at any given moment. 
And Marlon's like, yeah, no, I don't want to go anywhere with you, Mr. Bruce Shark. I don't want to be anywhere near you. And Dory's like, let's go to this party that he's inviting us to. That sounds like fun. <laughs> I love parties. So Dory and Marlon go with Bruce to this party and they show up at this submarine that is sunk and there other sharks there and it's like clear like they're about to get eaten it's over this is this is the end of the movie but it turns out that it's actually an aa meeting for sharks that are trying to not eat fish and they're fish trying to our friends not food <laughs> and they they have this whole like a meeting where like Bruce is like it's been three weeks since I last ate a fish and they're like wow that's so impressive <laughs> and Dory's like I don't think I've ever eaten a fish and they're like what how <laughs> and I love when they're like like what about you little clownfish he's like problems I don't I don't have any problems they're like huh denial <laughs> <laughs> I love it so this is where we kind of see Marlin's inner tension really come out so he is struggling and fighting to have control over kind of everything that's going on around him and dory and him spot the mask that has all of has information about where nemo is and they're fighting over the mask and she's like the, the sharks can help us and he's like they're sharks stop trusting them and in their <laughs> struggle and fight he gives dory a bloody nose which blood in the presence of sharks is not, not a good combination so Bruce goes all carnivore on them and he starts chasing them all over the place. And it's all Marlon's fault. Like they would have helped. They definitely wouldn't have done anything if he hadn't have given her a bloody nose. And so you see this tension of he is fighting for control. And the more he struggles and fights for control, the more he causes problems. So they're chased by Bruce. They eventually get away. They set off all of the mines that were around the submarine and the sharks just take off. They try to get away so they don't get hurt by the mines. And we cut. I want to make sure I cut to them in the right spot. It cut. It, the next cuts immediately to them waking up, right? We still. No. Before that, we find out. I think the very next. It goes back and forth between Nemo and Marlon. I, I think I've got it all in the right order. Yeah. So we're going to. So I think that they get chased by Bruce, knocked out. The, they swim away. And then it cuts to Nemo and Nemo's in the fish tank and he's meeting all the other fish and he's terrified. Like, and he's like, what is this thing that I'm in? Who are these other fish? And he's terrified. And in this process of like kind of freaking out, he finds himself caught in like the cleaner, the tank cleaner. And he's like freaking out. And he's like, somebody help me, somebody help me. Because like, he's never been forced to do anything on his own. His dad's always done everything for him. And so he's like, I need somebody to help me out. And then, in comes the the leader of the tank the most terrifying and most the, the fish that's seen the most who it's gill who is stepping in and he's like don't help him out let him get out on his own he could do it talks him through what he should do and Nemo pops out and gill's kind of a little bit surprised like he didn't actually really think he could he kind of thought they were gonna have to step in and but he's able to get out and they're like, yay. And they're all celebrating. And Gil's just talking with, I can't remember the starfish's name. He's talking and, and he's clearly, the wheels are turning. He's got an idea that he's hatching. 
So then it cuts away and it goes back to Marlon and Dory who are still at the submarine. They're actually like asleep, passed out inside of the mask hanging over a very deep dark abyss. And they wake up and they're like, whoa. And all of a sudden the mask drops down into the abyss and they freak out. And Marlon's like, I can't get there. I can't get there. And Dory's all cheerful and happy like she is. And she's like, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. And so they swim, 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 swim down. And it's just dark. And then all of a sudden there's a little speck of light. And they're like, that's the most pretty thing in the world. And Marlon's like, I feel happy. And I never feel happy. <laughs> and then it's an anglerfish. And it's like, I'm going to eat you. And then Marlon's like, happy feelings gone. <laughs> and they get chased all over the place. And they then they find the mask. And then Marlon has to like run from the anglerfish in such a way that the light still continues to point at the mask. And Dory reads and learns where they're going. P. Sherman. P. Sherman 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. That's an address that everyone <laughs> who's ever seen this movie will never forget. Has, has anybody ever like gone there and just taken pictures of it? Like, is it, I'm sure it's a place. It's probably <laughs> is it a like, real place. It's, a, it's probably like a FedEx. Like, it's probably nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, you go there and it's just like parking spots. It's a parking lot. Like, <laughs> I want to go sometime probably. at some point. Yeah. So, they they find the they find out where they're going cuts back to nemo and it's like nighttime and he's woken up and it goes through like the initiation where they're at the volcano and he's initiated into the the crew and he is basically i can't remember if he's told or if like it's kind of like it, it told like there's going to be a plan and you're going to be a part of it and it kind of like is going to take off tomorrow Cuts back to Marlin and Dory. And they're kind of wandering around. They they know where they're going. And but they don't know how to get there. They know they need to get to Sydney. But they don't know what Sydney is or where Sydney is. And so they're like trying to find help and they find the school of fish. And they're like, let's ask them. And so they ask for help. And the school of fish tells them, like, you gotta go here, do this, blah, 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 blah gonna go in the east australian current and they know what they're trying to do but they still aren't quite sure and so they're, they kind of start to take off and then the school fish is like oh and by the way and they just tell dory which is inconvenient for marlin and just tells dory by the way when you come to this big what was it called and come to this big uh, trench trench swim through it not over it and dory's like got it and so when she tries to tell Marlon, Marlon's like, you're dumb. I know everything. You know nothing. We're going to swim over it because that looks terrifying. We're not going through that. And she's like, no, no, no. I got a really good feeling. We should probably go. So they go over the trench. And little do they know, there is a giant swarm of jellyfish. And they are trying not to get hit but they're kind of but marlon's like i'm gonna make this a fun game and they they kind of race out and it doesn't go well because dory doesn't make it out marlon goes back in he saves her he pulls her out and they make it out of the jellyfish but not after getting a good bit of sting so they get knocked out and we cut to gill explaining his escape plan to nemo and it's how nemo's going to sabotage the cleaner and so nemo goes in he tries 
to sabotage the cleaner. He puts the little pebble in the fan and it stops and then he starts going, but the pebble pops out and he comes. It's a it's a terrifying experience. It seems like he he might not make it out. They have to save him and he's terrified. And Gil's like, I can't risk his life again. That doesn't work. I guess, I guess that my plans aren't gonna work. And he's he's too scared to put him back on the line again. Cuts back to Marlin and Dory. Uh, and it's actually just Marlin waking up with the sea turtles and he can't find Dory and he's not sure if she even made it out. And he's talking to the, the sea turtles and the sea turtles kind of like pointed out and then he eventually finds out that she's okay. And he starts telling the sea turtles about his story, about everything that he's been doing to try to save his son, all of the encounters they've had, all the different things they've had, all the obstacles they've had to overcome. And the sea turtles start spreading that story all around. And you see that it's kind of like spreading all over. They're telling everybody. And it eventually makes its, all the, makes its way all the way to Sydney. And the pelicans are talking about it. And a pelican that happens to be friends with all the fish in the tank hears and he's like, there's a fish out there, a clownfish out there looking for Nemo. I know a, ne a clownfish named Nemo. There's no way it's not the same thing. So he goes and he goes to tell the fish in the tank and to tell Nemo that your dad's overcoming all of these different obstacles. He's been battling sharks and jellyfish. And Nemo's like, there's literally no way that dude wouldn't even let me swim off of a drop off. Like that can't be him. And he's like, he remembers his name and it gives Nemo this great big bust of hope and he's he's so excited that he's like without anybody asking him to without anybody knowing he takes off and he goes and he does build gill's plan all over and this time it works and he gets in and he makes it he he like gets it discuss it's not disgusting yet it cuts right after he's like i did it and they're all super excited and they are planning on letting the tank get absolutely disgusting so that they can get put in bags while he cleans it so they can then get those bags to fall out of a window and get themselves into the harbor. So we cut back to Dory and Marlin. They're with the sea turtles. They're getting ready to leave. And they get knocked out. They fly out of the East Australian current and they're kind of like in open waters and Marlon's like super excited. And you can see this is like the second time, like during the jellyfish, he was kind of enjoying what he was doing. And then he kind of feel like, felt like he flew too close to the sun. And then this time he like comes out of the East Australian current all like excited and happy. And he's like, man, that was really fun. And then they're still like, kind of like lost. And they're in like open waters. And it, there's just like some sort of fish super far away. And Dory's like, trust me, let's, let's ask for help. And he sees the scars that she has from the jellyfish and remembers what happened the last time he didn't trust her. And he's like, okay. And it's like a big growth moment for him. He's like finally kind of handing over some of that control and letting, letting go. And turns out that she was trying to talk to a whale. And, <laughs> and it, and then... I speak whale too, in case you didn't know. <laughs> It sounded like a humpback dialect to me. <laughs> and then they end up attracting or like happening to get swallowed by another whale. And it's like a terrifying, like, oh no, they just got eaten again. 
cuts back to all the fish in the tank and Gil's plan carried out by Nemo per went flawlessly. Everything is green and disgusting. I don't know how it happened so quickly. I guess it is, it is, I guess it cuts to a while later, but it is that tank is gross, filthy. So they are, they're like, yeah. Cuts back to Marlin and Dory, and they're in the mouth of the whale and they're trying to escape. And they eventually, the, the whale kind of is like, trying to get them to go back into its throat. And they're like, and Dory's like, trust me. He said that we need to go to the back of the throat. And Marlon is like, I don't want to trust you. I really don't feel like I can. This is even, even harder for me to do than last time, but he does it and he literally lets go. And the whale shoots him out of his spout and they land in like the harbor, like in Sydney, they're there. They got there. They're finally there. And they're like, yes, we're here. We're here. Cuts to the fish in the tank, they wake up and they're like, yay, it's gonna work. We're gonna get cleaned. And they look around, they're like, everything's spotless. Why is everything spotless? And the dentist has installed a new cleaner, like state-of-the-art, brand new cleaner that has has perfectly cleaned the tank. And they're like, you've got to be kidding me. And then Darla walks in and it's horrifying and terrifying. <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. The tank's spotless. The dentist installed the new cleaner and then he pulls Nemo out to be in a bag because he's like, I'm going to go ahead and pull you out because you're getting ready to go to Darla, Darla, almost here. He tries Gil's plan, like to wheel himself, roll himself out the window, but the dentist stops him and puts him in a box. So it's like, that's not going to work now. Then Darla enters. Then it cuts back to Marlon and Dory and they get almost eaten by a different pelican like a pelican scoops them up and takes them to a dock and is like trying to eat them and they're like we're not having it and that pelican almost chokes and then nigel thankfully nigel goes over to try to save them and he finds out that it's marlin it's it's nemo's dad and he's like i'm gonna save you and then they realize that they are under the close watch of the worst predator that they've seen so far. <laughs> Seagulls. <laughs> mine. Mine. Mine, 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 mine. Mine, mine, And <laughs> so Nigel scoops up his mouth, runs from the pelicans, and takes him to the dentist's office. And it's like, they're going to be finally reunited. It's so great. And when they get there, Nemo is like at the very last stitch ever. Like, this is the only thing I possibly, he fakes being dead to try to get flushed down the drain because he's like, I'm not about to get killed by this Darla. Like I am getting out of here. My dad is waiting for me. I've got to get out of here. But unfortunately that's the moment that Marlon looks in and sees the thing that he's feared the most. Not only did, did he lose his son, then he, when he finds him, he's dead. And he's like, no. And he, he's like in this, Nigel sees it, Dory sees it, Marlon sees it. And they all are convinced by, by Nemo's act. Like they're sure that he's dead and they are so sad. They're taken, Nigel takes them back, puts them in the water, is like, I'm so sorry. And they just kind of like wander. And and Marlon is like, it's just done. He he can't even be with Dory. He leaves Dory behind and he just leaves. Meanwhile, Nemo's plan worked. Nemo got flushed down a drain and he kind of pops out and he's swimming around and he finds Dory. And through some random coincidence, they kind of her memory pops back and she realizes like 
oh my goodness, I found you. We found you. You're alive. You're okay. We got to go find your dad. They go, they find Marlin, but just as they kind of find Marlin, Dory, along with a bunch of other fish, get caught in a net. Now, I skimmed past this earlier, but while the dentist was trying to scoop Nemo out, all the other fish jumped into the net and swam down so that way he couldn't pull him out. And so Nemo is like, whoa, this just happened to me earlier today. We just have to tell all these fish to swim down. Like if they all swim down, that net's not going to be able to pull them up. And he's like, he goes into the net to go try to tell all of the fish. And Marlon's like, absolutely not. I just got you back. I'm not losing you. And he's like, you just have to trust me. And after all of that growth, Marlon's like, okay, I trust you. So they all get them all to swim down. They all swim down. The net breaks and they're free. And it's so exciting. And they're all reunited. And it, and it cuts to another day of school. And it's like the beginning of the movie. It's like the first day of school and they're going, but this time everything's so much better because Marlon's not as not so overprotective and he's able to tell a funny joke. And Nemo's all excited and he brings his friend, the sea turtle. And they, they go off, they're getting ready to leave for school. And Nemo's like, wait, I forgot something. He runs back and he hugs his dad and tells him that he loves him. Yeah. And then that's the end. It pans up and it's the end. And then it cuts back to the fish tank. <laughs> <laughs> the fish have broken the new state-of-the-art cleaner and it's disgusting and they get put in bags and they manage to roll their bags out the window and get into the harbor and the movie ends with all of the fish that were in the fish tank in the harbor stuck in their bags unable to get out <laughs> <laughs> that's the actual end and that's so finding nemo bro that was intense <laughs> it was in depth it was probably more in depth than it needed that, to be that- that was the longest one and it wasn't even close (laughs) dude this i love this movie but i think it will prove a point that i want to bring up later so let's move on to the second part of remember me this movie was released on may 30th of 2003 and so i thought this was interesting because i think we talked either last movie or the movie before about how for a while, they were doing November releases. This is their first summer release on, on May 30th. Not quite summer, but it's before summer. A lot of people probably watch it during summer. Hmm. It was directed and co-written by Andrew Stanton with co-direction by Lee Unrich as well. The screenplay was written by Bob Peterson, David Reynolds, and Stanton from a story by Stanton. Finding Nemo won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, the first Pixar film to actually do that. And so Nemo was the first Oscar for for Pixar for animated film. It also became the highest grossing animated film at the time of its release and was second highest grossing film of 2003. Do you know the movie that it got second to in 2003? Okay. Nope. Lord of the Rings. (laughs) like second overall oh, it was the man. highest grossing animated film of all time animated film at its the time of its release i think toy story 3 went on to beat it i think i read but yeah it earned a total of 871 million worldwide by the end of its initial theatrical run the music is by thomas newman he did a couple other things i was reading up on him no movies that i really watched but uh, i did find it funny that they went from randy newman to thomas newman not right. randy newman but it, I have no clue. I, um, I, I Googled it at one point a different time. Not when I was like just looking at people who made, did the music and it's it's Randy. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Randy Newman's cousin. 
That's actually really funny then. I, I did not know that. And this movie is sitting at a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Wow. That is, yeah. That is impressive. Me. Yeah, for sure. And so why don't we hop right in? You've got to earn your mark by doing something big for something bigger than yourself. Someday you'll all make your mark. And I can't wait to see it. General attraction. What General attraction. I gave it an eight, okay. and here's why. This movie didn't really appeal to me growing as I was growing up. I remember these movies coming out, and I remember after Monsters Inc. and I remember after Toy Story, and I remember after A Bug's Life that a movie about fish wasn't something that I was like jumping at the seams to go watch but what it achieves even though i did not necessarily want to watch it initially is monumental (laughs) and so it gets a high score for me but it does come down just because the premise initially wasn't which is probably my fault but yeah i mean it's it's it's, for me it's it's how much it appeals to individual people because for me 10 like it's a 10 dude it it is it is as cool of an idea and as appealing of an idea as the as that's like a toy story is like it's like it's a fish it's that that is navigating the entire ocean you get to see all kinds of aspects of the ocean you get to see all kinds of like different fish living their life meanwhile it's like a family like reuniting thing like it is it is an awesome idea and i think they they pulled it off so well like in other movies we've been like this is what it kind of like this is what the movie is but like the previews and like what it seemed like it was going to be didn't wasn't what it ended up being and so there was not a lot of cohesion there but it's like i felt like there really was for this one yeah for sure all right what about plot i gave it a a 10 as well (laughs) it's a 10 it's a 10 10. and and the reason why is because you can sit here for almost 20 minutes and just relay the plot and i not get bored and me like i watched this movie two two or three nights ago and to hear you tell the story again i get excited and i get excited the way that this story flows might be one of pixar's best like how it just goes kind of flawlessly into each scene and how you don't feel a big time jump but you feel like you're actually in the story you're involved with the story the plot is so good that the whole ocean literally talks about the plot of the story (laughs) like that's there's a scene in the movie where they talk about how good the plot of the movie is and so um, i didn't even think about that that's so funny i joke about that and that that was potentially going to be one of my core memories it's not i pick something different but that's a great moment just like just, i love the swordfish seeing... fighting each other <laughs> yes yeah and so the the plot it, it's it's perfect it, it really is a great great plot yeah unlike some some options like the the, the characters like drive the story their decisions are what are moving everything forward and their decisions make like perfect sense they don't do things that are like out of left field like you see like incrementally they make slightly different choices or because of really big moments they make they they have really big moments of growth and so like the choices that are made make perfect sense like the the storyline would would make this doesn't have to happen in like the ocean with clownfish like these these choices, these, this story progresses very naturally. And so sure. I, I, I love it. All right. What about themes? 
you go first. All right. I gave it a 10. There, there's some really, really cool themes in this movie. One that punches you in the face, like is a father's love knows no bound. Like just, just like he's willing to do anything and everything. And he's in a lot of ways, kind of a scaredy cat, but to, to face that fear because his son needed him is, is honestly so good. And I thought another side one that they don't necessarily, they do kind of come out and say, but they don't necessarily come out and say it is that disability does not keep you from doing amazing things. Both Dory and Nemo have what the world would say is a disability, but just because of their determination and because of who they are, they're willing to overcome that and do some pretty cool things. Yeah. I gave it a nine kind of for the same reason that there's some really, really great themes. The way that they're, that Marlin's like grows to realize that you can't have control over everything. Like you, you can't control everything. And the more that you struggle and fight to control everything, the, the worse that it actually ends up, the less control you actually end up having and the, the, yeah, the worse it ends up. So I, I agree. Dude, the, the themes are really great in this one. For sure. What'd you give animation? I give it a nine. And, and, and I know that's, what's interesting is I, on all of them, I'm thinking forward. Like I'm trying, I am thinking like, what are some of the best things that they do? Where does it go? And honestly, like in turn, th- there is not a lot that gets much better than this. Like there is never a moment in this movie where you're not, where you don't realize that they're underwater because they're like water animation, all the extra parts, the lights, the specs is so perfect. Mm-hmm. They, they did such a, they towed the line between like looking so real in the beautiful scenes and also not looking so real that you can actually interact with them. Like there's a, a starfish that literally just has a smiley face face in it. And that doesn't seem weird. Like it, it fits. And so dude, like as much as like, this is still one of the early ones, they still they nailed the animation on it. Yeah. The the environment is perfect. Like the 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 coral reef, yep. their home is probably I mean, yeah, it's, we're doing this one over Zoom and Josh has that as his background. Is is honestly so pretty. It's it is something you would see at an aquarium. Like I feel like they they took it straight from uh, the ocean. And, and, and so I, I agree with you. I give it an eight. I don't know if I said that the humans, uh, they're getting better at humans. Pixar is, which is good because they're about to have a movie of nothing but humans. And, mm-hmm. and so just, just like, like you said, looking forward, there are better ones. And so I, I gave this one an eight, but no, it, it is not a slight in the, even the slightest. Yeah. I think that I was gonna say I think it's been really incremental in the animation like I think it started out for me like around like a six and then it was like a seven and I feel like this one I think eight would have been the natural one but I was so impressed by everything under the water that I bumped it a little bit further ahead for sure all right voice acting I gave it a nine the voices fit the characters pretty pretty well and and it never like they 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 fit well the only thing that and why I didn't give it a ten is that sometimes Dory, it takes me out of it because I know Ellen from other things. Ah. Um, and so I, it just sometimes when she's talking, I don't think Dory first. And so that's why I gave it a nine. That's interesting. So I, I gave it a nine, but one of my biggest points was I think Ellen as Dory is perfect. Like, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and I don't, I agree with that. There's just some times that it, it took me out of it. Yeah. Oh, and all, everyone else, like they, they fit. 
I don't really know most of them from anything else. I, I yeah, don't Marlon, really hear them. Al Brooks is Marlon. He's a pretty famous actor. And I don't know who does Nemo. I think it's just a kid as far as I know. But yeah. Yeah, it, it was, they all fit really well. It's not quite like other movies where it's like they're solidified in it. Like John Goodman is solely. There's no other right. thing that he is. Right. But <laughs> in, in my mind, I, I kind of almost is there with Ellen because I think of Ellen as Dory before I think of her as anything else because of yeah. the, what this movie has been in my life for as long as it has, as it has been. All right, John Ratzenberger quiz, bro. Who was he? School of Fish. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm wondering <laughs> if I'm going to stump you. I, I'm, I'm wondering if there's just going to be a movie where you're like, oh, no, I didn't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Hunter asked me in the middle. Yeah. Of, Hunter asked me at the end of this one. She was asking me what which one it was. And I was like going into it. I was thinking it was Mr. Ray. I was like remembering it as being Mr. Ray. And then I'm like, then when we got to the school, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Because he kind of yeah, sounds like him. Mr. Ray kind of sounds like John Rassenberger. I could see it. I could see it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Where were we at next? Uh, soundtrack. Soundtrack. I give it a nine. It's not, it doesn't have as many emotional ones, but dude, I I love the like, the music that plays as what's, as when you're like looking at the reefs, there's times where it's like, it is, it does a really good job of driving the emotions and it fits the scene. Like when he is disoriented, the music that's playing is fantastic. It's, it sounds disorienting and it still sounds underwater. And it's, I, it's a nine for me. Uh-oh. I gave it a six. Zach, Zachary. <laughs> Zachary. <laughs> dare you. I gave it a six. How dare you do Thomas Newman it- like that? <laughs> <laughs> in, in, the mo- in the movie, the music sounds fine. I tried to find the soundtrack, and, and I couldn't get it on, on the music thing that we use on Amazon Music because we don't pay for the subscription or whatever. And so <laughs> I went to YouTube, and, and, and I listened to it, and... I just couldn't get into it like the others and and I kept listening anyway and it just the more it went the more I couldn't connect with the scenes or anything like that and so it's it's not bad and it fits the movie but for me it didn't really stand out so I know I know that's controversial I get that I get that that. it's it it is not a listen to it it's not like Monsters Inc or uh, the Incredibles where you can listen to it like songs of it by themselves and then be really great so i get that that's fair for sure characters i gave it a nine i gave it a nine hey look <laughs> at us this is doing really well for us go ahead so i i think i like offhandedly mentioned this to you at one point the character development in this is one of like my favorite in all of the movies like that we've watched so far it, it, it is okay where where in all the other movies like maybe one character might develop a little bit like it's focused on one it's like there is like huge really 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 clear growth happening throughout the movie for marlin and dory and nemo like you see it so clearly and they all grow so much and so it's it, it i love the development you see like there's really clear markers and moments where like you see them take a step forward and it's not it's not so subtle that you kind of don't really notice it and it's not so in your face that it doesn't make sense like it's like you see the progression and and they develop all three of them really really well 
Yeah. So, you know, I, I always look at the path that the characters go on, and I think that's such an important thing to this movie. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Marlin's path in 22, but he grows to trust and believe in Nemo and trust and just, like you say, let letting go of the control so that he can believe in his son and in the long run, I think, becomes a better dad. Dory overcomes her disability to be a positive force in Marlin's and Nemo's life, and she starts to believe in herself, seeing herself, seeing her become more confident as the movie goes on is a really cool thing too and then Nemo he grows to realize that his dad actually does love him and there are ways that 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 happens throughout the movie and he also gets to realize that that he's pretty powerful too he's his he he his dad likes to shelter him but he can actually go up and stand up and and be a leader as well and so like you said very very important for those those three yeah dude would you give it on humor it's pretty good I gave it a nine. S- situational humor strikes again. Like the sharks not eating fish. The, yes. I smiled the entire time that Bruce and the other sharks were on my screen the other night. The the turtles being surfer bros. <laughs> like this is so funny. Crush and squirt. Like I just I, I don't want to go there, but I had such a hard time figuring out my favorite character from this movie. Because I so many of the characters were were funny and and good and like there was there was a whole lot to choose from and then the the dentist stuff like every time it went to the dentist something funny was happening like he was an awful dentist like terrible like he was pulling out teeth and and there was even one moment he's like well at least I got the right one uh, <laughs> oh man and so just. There, there was just so many times, like situational humor th- things, and and especially the ending scene, like you said, when they get to the ocean and they can't get out of their bags and yep. they're just stuck. Oh, it's so funny. I, I love. What about you? I, I was like busting out laughing at all of the the specific jokes of the AA meeting where they're like, uh, he's in denial," <laughs> and when Bruce is about to eat him, <laughs> and they're like, "Intervention!" <laughs> it was so funny to me, dude. <laughs> the the also the. The situational humor continues with the when the story is going viral and they're like showing all of the different things like the dolphins talking when they're jumping and the swordfish fighting each other like there's just it, there are so many good funny moments that it's just it is yeah. hilarious and, and so I I, it is a- I thoroughly I thoroughly love it thoroughly love it. What's cool about the humor from this movie too is when you think of Nemo, you don't think of a funny movie, but it actually is pretty funny. So it, it sneaks it, it sneaks it in there. All right, Easter eggs. Go ahead. Seven. Yeah, I seven. seven two. <laughs> nice. I, I actually I literally had it at eight, and then I was thinking about it, I was like, nah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'm thinking there's there's some good stuff there There, there's some there's some moments but it's not like overwhelming that i could tell there's some stuff in the dentist office dentist office is where a good chunk of them are you have my mind just went blank buzz lightyear as one of the toys from the chest and then you have the incredibles comic book that kind of foreshadows the next movie yeah um, that the kid is reading while waiting when darla is in the dentist and so those are the big two was there any of the others that you saw or or looked up or anything there were two two shining references in this one. Here's Brucey. Yeah. Here's Brucey. And I think that the I think her coming in, I don't know if it's specifically the shining or if it's just like horror movies in general, like the zoom in right. and the and the violence. And so there were those. I'm trying to think if there were any other ones. I think okay, I can't think of them off the top of my yeah. head right now. So it, it's not overwhelming, but there's some good ones there. And they hide them in fun, fun ways too. For sure. All right, the ending. 
I need to talk about this ending. Coming into this movie, I don't know what I would have given the ending to this movie, but I told you the other day that I sent you a text. I was like, well, I cry during Finding Nemo now. That's new. (laughs) (laughs) And it was because of this ending. Just, oh my gosh, dude. Like, I, I don't even really know how to explain it, but the, just when Nemo is is saying like, I know what to do and Marlon has to let go and actually let him do what he needs to do. And juxtapose that with with the, the scenes with Crush and Squirt and how Crush is, is, a, is a father to Squirt and how he let, how he handles that and how Squirt got in kind of a, a, a tough thing when he got out of the thing, but he was able to get back and and how, what he learned from there. And I don't, I don't know if my mind went there as I was watching, but after the movie, I kind of just started thinking about that whole idea of like, just like, how, how do I know that I can trust you? How do I know that everything is going to be okay? And it got me thinking about, have you seen, I'm sure you have, I hope you have, if you haven't, like, we need to fix that like now, but have you seen the Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man movie, the animated movie? Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) Uh, and so it, there's a moment in there when 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 Miles is trying to figure out like if he can do the whole Spider-Man thing and he asks like how how do I know when I'm going to be ready and Peter Parker says back to him and says you don't it's a, it's a leap of faith you just got to just got to jump essentially and that that was kind of what My, Marlin was having to deal with as well is that like how did he know that Nemo was going to be okay he didn't but because Dory was hurt because there was a situation he just had to go on that leap of faith and he had to be okay with that so it's a 10 for me man it it it, it hit me in ways that it never has before and so what what do you think oh 10 for sure absolutely a 10 it you like put it on top of a couple other things and, and it just the the interact the like culmination of Nemo and Marlin's growth like Nemo having the yeah. self-confidence Marlin having the 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 trust to let go and it working and them saving tons of fish including Dory then the, the cutting of that and opening back up with like this is how their life is now that he's like kind of trusting life, him yeah. more like it, it's it's and then cut to that to the funny like it, it is like three like amazing endings pushed together to make a perfect ending for sure. Tell me your final score, even though I have it right here. It was an 86. Yeah, an 86. So you got a B plus. My final score ended up being a 91. Woo. That's, your got, that's score. my first score. By that's like my, a lot. Yeah. So on my other ones, I've got three whole points. 88 was my next highest. So I'm looking at like, this is my first A movie. This is the first upper, upper tier movie, which this now then. Go ahead. I was going to say that, that then brings Landstop to an 88.5, which would make it our highest movie. No, no, no. Our second highest movie. No. Second highest. Just under Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2, 2 barely edges it out. Because of you with the soundtrack. <laughs> you had to pull the, the average down. You had to do Thomas Newman. So we have Toy Story 2, Finding Nemo, Monster Inc., Toy Story one, and then a Bug's Life. That's our that's our five so far. Yeah, I can, I can get live behind that. that list, man. <laughs> I'm okay with that list. 
I know I contribute to that list, so I obviously have to be okay with it. <laughs> At the very least, you're half okay with that list. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's move on. All right, man. So you said that you really struggled with that. I want to hear yours. I didn't even have to think twice. So what is your, who is your favorite character? Why, why don't you go first then? Oh, dude, Crush. Like, I didn't even have to think about it. Like, I love Crush. He's so funny. He's also like old and wise. And, and there's also something Hunter was telling me like, that is, that just shows the, the like detail. Like sometimes when you're watching a movie, you, you think like, do they really like is that is that actually how it is like is that is that really how they actually live their life like uh hunter was like are the is that really what like clownfish eggs look like and because it's pixar like i know the answer is yes like 100 that's right because they do their homework and you want to the fun thing about crush too is dude they act all like oh yeah man what's up and it's because sea turtles eat jellyfish and when sea turtles like actually in real life sea turtles eat jellyfish and when they do the poisons don't harm them but they put them in like an intoxicated state oh, so no. like that is like that's like a minor little detail thing that they do and crush is just so funny like it's so dude it's i love those characters they're so funny to me i love all the sea turtles i love squirt but crush was was definitely my favorite all right man so i was debating between two and and i think i'm just gonna go with you it's Crush. I was going between Bruce and Crush. Oh, Bruce is I, good too, dude. That's a good one too. Uh, but Crush is better. He just is. and He doesn't try to eat them, so he's got that going for him. <laughs> <laughs> just his his wisdom and, and his way of parenting is something that, that interests me, like just letting the kid figure it out. Obviously, you don't want your harm for your kid, but like just letting them figure that out is, is something that, that was cool to me on this watch through and so i have something written differently on my paper but i'm going with crush yeah last minute called an audible that's it <laughs> all right uh who's your least favorite i had a tough one with this one too honestly and this watch through it was gil it, it was gil because just it was almost like his selfishness kind of came to the forefront for me this watch through i saw Yes, he was trying. He was caring for the other people in the tank, but I think he was caring a lot for himself, and and that just his his attitude when things didn't go the way he wanted up to a point. I just saw that selfishness, and so I never really had that thought those thoughts before. But this this go through, uh, it kind of hit me the wrong way. Wow, I definitely didn't see that, I, and I would kind of disagree with you on it. I, I kind of think and that he fine. cares about himself, and definitely he he. If he doesn't care about the other fish, he definitely cares about Nemo. Like he sure. he calls off like he's like, I wanted that plan to work. And it wasn't like he wasn't going to step in and help him at the very beginning. Like he just wanted to make sure that he he wanted to see if he could. And when he saw that he could, he's like, this plan can work like great. But as soon as it like went south and it almost hurt Nemo, he was like, forget it. I'll live the rest of my life in this in this tank. I'm not going to risk that kid. So I, I think that yeah. but I do. I, I can see that there are times where you might get there, but that's sad. But I also like, he's a lovable character. Every character is. So like whoever we pick, yeah. like there's reason to disagree with it. 
Mine's Mr. Ray, actually. Mr. Ray is is mine, dude. And this, (laughs) because dude's got way too big of a class. He is not keeping a very good eye on those kids, dude. Four kids wandered off because he was too busy working at his bag. He 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 could have lost. (laughs) Like that was his fault that Nemo got got it, it is as much marlon's fault as it is mr ray's fault that nemo got kidnapped and he isn't held accountable for it <laughs> so this doesn't have anything to do with my favorite or least favorite character but i found something interesting in this watch through is that so the dumb the the dumb pelican that almost choked on Mar- marlon and dory yeah. his name was gerald yeah okay the dumb sea lion from finding dory his name was gerald ah so they, they kind of connect <laughs> that name what are the makers of yeah. finding nemo have against gerald's <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> they're an anti-gerald right. movie i think it's time for it is an honor having you prepare 22 for earth i'm gonna zach i got a question for you I can't wait to hear this question. What is the like main fish that people talk about when they talk about having bad memory? Dory. No, 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 no. Like just normally. It's like goldfish. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, memory yeah, yeah. of a goldfish. Okay. I, I'm with you. I, okay. I'm with you now. Okay. Sorry. So what my question is to you, if goldfish are like the main like fish that have like memory issues in our world that we use as a as a joke probably most fish don't have very good long-term memories why is dory the only fish in this movie with short-term memory issues because it's funny <laughs> no I, I don't i don't really have <laughs> i don't know man it doesn't make sense to me i i feel like all of like this it should just be kind of like a normal thing or like it shouldn't be a thing at all it just doesn't click for me it's kind of like why why is that that way yeah no hi okay that makes sense uh i have a statement for you and i don't know if you've seen it i did a little bit of research i didn't look up a whole bunch of studies or anything like that but i saw on the internet where this movie was great for like oceanic conservation and stuff like that to where they would they would be able a lot of money went to donations for for ocean relief and all that kind of stuff to help fishes and maintain all of that, but I did see that this movie was horrendous for clownfish. Over like monumentally, more and more and more and more and more people wanted to have Nemos in their fish tanks. <laughs> Dude. And so the very thing that the movie was trying to tell you was the worst thing to ever happen to these fish is what inevitably happened as a result of the movie to real fish because of the movie that's such that's such a sad statement man why are you gonna bring me down like that <laughs> isn't it <laughs> i got another question so, yeah. for you. all right let's hear it can you stop bringing sadness to the <laughs> just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> i have an actual question i i don't know i don't really get why nemo has a lucky fin like it doesn't really make sense to me like it 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 seems like they're kind of like they it would be as a result of like the attack maybe because like his 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 egg is kind of like 
correct? But like, why would that give him like a smaller fin? Like, why would that affect his? I don't get why he has the the smaller fin. And I don't know that it is even really like necessary to the plot of the movie. Like he, his dad could just like, he doesn't have to say like, he's a fine swimmer. Like he doesn't have any issues. He could just be like a bad swimmer. He doesn't have to have a bad fin to be a bad swimmer. Yeah. I, I don't really know why, but yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. I don't know. Man, I was hoping you'd have some answers for me this time. <laughs> All right. I have to wonder. So I've got a second statement. And it goes a little bit deeper than my last one. Let's hear it. Marlon goes through the five stages of grief during this movie. And this is what I saw. And so you can tell me if you disagree or if you even see more times. Denial. He can't believe what just happened was true. And then you kind of brought up earlier how when he's at the, the shark meeting or whatever, they literally tell him he's in denial because he doesn't have problems. And so that's the first one. He's constantly getting angry with Dory and other fish. And so that's the second one is anger. Bargaining, he would literally give his own life for Nemo. Like he would like do that. And so he's like, can, I just wish my, my kid could be back. Depression, as, as he leaves Dory, like you said, and starts f- swimming away, that's a depressed fish. But then when, when Nemo finally comes back, he has that acceptance that he can't hold on to Nemo in the way that he wants to. Oh. Is it grief of like, what is the grief of? Like, what is he grieving? Yeah, I think initially it's losing his son, but I think the grief comes to that he wasn't the dad that he thought he was. Maybe. All right. Yeah, I can see that. That's interesting. For a second, I thought you were going to take it down a different path. I read some stuff online where like, there's some theories that like Nemo, that, that it's all in Marlin's head, that the whole thing yeah. is like, and, and I'm no. like, and I was about to say like, I, I don't want to get up down that conspiracy theory. I don't <laughs> buy that. So I, me either. So I was like, I thought that that might be where you were going with it, that the whole thing is his way of grieving, losing all of his kids in Marlin, but I'm glad that's no, not I don't think so. with it. Mm. yeah i don't either i i don't like that at all so i i with what you said i agree i, I can see that i buy it too makes sense he 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 grows and grieves just the changes for sure all right but the really important ones are over here i don't want to get too technical but these are called core members what's your core member you said you debated you know a few different ones that you kind of Toss around. I don't know, Josh. Don't I don't know? know. I literally don't know. It's because there's so many great moments of this movie. I literally I can't to, pick one. Do I have to sell you on mine? Is that what it is? Do I have to do that again? No, you go, you go first. I will decide on one by the end of yours. My favorite scene, my core memory. Actually, okay, actually, I didn't write this. So I watched this movie twice. And the first time I decided on a core memory, and then I totally forgot about that when I was taking notes this time around. And you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna and, and I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna on the fly. I'm gonna change this. Change it. Do All it. right. Yeah. I want you to. There, do you remember the question you used to ask in association with the core memory that we haven't asked the past couple times? I don't. I'll ask you to. Oh, ask is it, it a happy, happy, yeah. sad? What kind of a memory is okay. it? My core what memory. Kind of core memory is it? My core memory from this movie is the opening scene 
when when okay. Marlon is is finding that he lost his wife, he lost all his kids, and he just has Nemo, and he's just like, just like I I'm going to protect you. I'm going to do everything I have to protect you. Like that's like the most like that hit me the most. And if you yeah. were to ask like what kind of a core memory is that? It's not a happy one. I usually pick like ones that no. are like joy, but that one's 100% sadness. Sadness. But yeah. it is, it is a, it, it, that one is like the strongest scene to me. Okay. I have one that I like that was like fun. I like the anglerfish one. That's a fun, funny scene. But I think the strongest scene, like the scene that I like latch onto the most is that opening scene. So this movie, yeah. although it's a happy, fun movie, my strong, my core memory is a sadness. Hmm. All right, I'm going to pick one. Because I did my boy Bruce dirty earlier, I'm going to give him this. The shark <laughs> scene is is my core memory. He those three sharks were just so funny and it was all like they were all messed up because one of them had literally eaten the friend that he brought to the meeting. Bruce <laughs> goes crazy at the smell of of blood and and so just that whole scene just made me laugh. It, it made me smile the whole way through. And then the chase scene was even funny. And, and so just the whole sequence with the sharks, that's mine. That's a great, great core memory. And, the, and what kind of a core memory is that? I think that's joy. I think, I think it's anger, maybe even a little bit for, for the sharks anyway. But for me, it, it, it just made me smile. And so that's, that's joy would probably be mine. Nice, dude. Oh. I, I'm all, I love that scene. I love that scene a lot. So, and it's also the, the moment when we learned Dory can read. So that's a fun, important part. <laughs> that is escape. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Um, so funny story. We were actually going to record this morning. Something happened. No big deal. So we recorded tonight and earlier this afternoon, I went to GameStop because I had a coupon, whatever. But I also went to this other local game store and I was looking at old games, old PS2 games. There was a Finding Nemo video game. What? I had no clue. Tell me you got it. I, read, I did not get it. I don't have a PS2, so I didn't get it. That's right. Um, <laughs> and so what it is, I read on the back that literally you do like a whole bunch of levels and you try to beat the level as Marlin try to beat the level as Dory, Nemo, and maybe even one more. And like each of those fish have different abilities that help you beat that level. Wow. That's so interesting. It actually looked decent for yeah. a 2003 video game, but. <laughs> Dude, that's, no sounds, that's so cool. <laughs> I also have like a really strong memory of this, like of being in like the first house that I grew up in and we had the VHS and like fighting with my sisters over like, I don't even, it wasn't even like watching it, like who was carrying it around the house. Like it, I remember, and like it got taken away from us because we kept fighting over who was going to be the one holding the, <laughs> the movie. I don't know why that sticks out in my mind, but we, this is the first time that I remember we actually owned the VHS tape of it. Wow. Awesome. Anything else, man? That's it for me. All right, cool. So you can definitely hit us up on the social medias. Uh, you can find us at Lamp Stomp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give us a follow there if you have not already done so. Josh, they can email us. Where can they email us at? At lampstomp at gmail.com. That's it. 
Also, if you've not already done so, please, 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 please go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Throw some stars at us. And if you want to write a review as well, that actually goes a long way. And, and if you're not subscribed, do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Show us some love. Awesome. And what are we, what are we doing next time? Next time we are doing the Incredibles. Woo. Woo. All right. We'll see you guys next time. All right. Peace out.